In this bulletin, leading No campaigner Warren Mundine has confirmed he kicked people off the campaign because of bigoted comments. Over 80 multicultural and multi-faith communities have gathered at Parliament House to support an Indigenous voice to Parliament. And Noel Pearson's latest bid to rally support for an Indigenous voice to Parliament. The No campaign opposing an Indigenous voice to Parliament in the upcoming referendum is facing pressure to reveal details of two volunteers who were fired for expressing racist views. Leading No campaigner Warren Mundine has confirmed he kicked people off the campaign because of bigoted comments. It follows other revelations that a fellow leading No advocate posted racist messages to social media regarding high-profile Indigenous people. David Adler, an advisory board member of Conservative Lobby Group Advance, questioned Lydia Thorpe and Stan Grant's Indigenous identity in several derogatory posts. Mr Mundine declined to name the fired volunteers, but he told ABC Radio that he simply refused to put up with the pair's offensive comments. They're not prominent people. Uh, they were, were people who were working for us as volunteers, and, that, and I'm not going to accept those type of things. And it wasn't uh, particularly about Aboriginals. One was a very anti-Semitic comment, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to wear that crap. In Victoria, over 80 multicultural and multi-faith communities have gathered at Parliament House to support an Indigenous voice to Parliament. The groups say they're acknowledging the important role our diverse communities play in achieving constitutional recognition of First Nations people. Chief Executive of the Ethnic Communities Council of Victoria, Mo El Rafihi, says the multicultural communities have an important role to play in the upcoming referendum. This referendum is important and multicultural communities will be really important to achieving a successful vote with First Nations people at this referendum. Just as we value the richness of our various heritages, we share a common responsibility to work together in shaping a better future for all. We are the multicultural voices for yes and together let us take this responsibility and move Australia forward. Blaming Indigenous people for not closing the gap with non-Indigenous people could be legitimate if they get a say in decision-making. That suggestion is part of Noel Pearson's latest bid to rally support for an Indigenous voice to Parliament set to be voted on in October. Delivering the oration on Monday evening at the Queensland University of Technology, Mr Pearson says he has been advocating for two decades for self-determination and our right to take responsibility. But give us a say in the decisions that are made about us. This is the message of the voice. By having a voice, we will be responsible for closing the gap. We will be as responsible as the government for the results. With power will come responsibility. The federal, state and territory governments have approved two national plans to support efforts to lower rates of violence against women and children. For the first time, the action plan includes goals to end violence, including a 25% reduction in the number of female victims of intimate partner homicide each year. 
A dedicated Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander action plan lays out a strategy for decreasing and eventually eliminating high incidents of family, domestic and sexual violence in Indigenous communities. It is the first specialised plan that recognises that the underlying causes of violence in First Nations communities differ from those in non-Indigenous Australians, and it was designed in collaboration with Indigenous advisory groups. Renters and social housing advocates are awaiting the results of a national cabinet meeting where federal, state and territory authorities are under pressure to address a growing crisis. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese is set to host his colleagues in Brisbane today amid his government's blocked multi-billion dollar housing fund. Renter issues were not addressed enough by the Coalition and Greens, who blocked a $10 billion Housing Australia Future Fund in the Senate. While the fund would provide 30,000 social and affordable homes in its first five years, the Greens had called for a rent freeze in exchange for their support. Greens housing spokesperson Max Chandler-Mather told the ABC that unrestricted rent hikes will strain Australians financially. Rents are going up at the fastest rate in 35 years. The Reserve Bank has said it's going to go up even faster over the next 12 months. We've had analysis that found that renters, if rents aren't frozen, will pay an extra $4.9 billion of rent over the next 12 months alone. That is a $4.9 billion tsunami heading the way of already financially stressed renters. It would be extraordinary if a bunch of Labor state premiers and prime minister decided they were going to lock in unlimited rent increases at a time when renters are suffering the worst they've suffered in generations. New video evidence suggests that fallen power lines were a possible cause of the deadly Maui wildfires that struck a week ago. The deadliest wildfire in a Hawaiian island in the US in more than a century devoured homes and businesses, killing at least 99 people, leaving dozens missing and many feared dead. Hawaiian Electrical Company faces criticism for not shutting off the power amid severe wind warnings and keeping it on even as dozens of poles began to fall. A class action lawsuit has already been filed, seeking to hold the company responsible for the damage. The suite cites documents from the company indicating it was aware that preemptive power shutoffs, such as those used in California, were an effective strategy to prevent wildfires but never adopted them. Hawaiian Electric has declined to comment on the accusations in the lawsuit. Palliative Care Australia and Dementia Australia have released a series of recommendations to deliver better quality of care for dementia patients. The joint policy statement makes nine recommendations, including compulsory dementia and palliative care education for all health and care professionals involved in the delivery of care for people living with dementia. The Australian Institute of Health and Welfare predicts the number of people in Australia with dementia is expected to double from current estimates. Chief Executive Officer of Palliative Care Australia, Camilla Rowland, says the recommendations hope to improve services for carers and families who are often under a lot of stress in supporting a loved one with the disease. Look, we would really like to see the cognitive needs of people looked at uh, more closely as well as their physical needs. For carers and family, it's often quite a long journey. It's, it's really something that takes the whole family to support that situation and to help support that person through their illness. Australian academics have helped lead the world in developing new international guidelines to improve the health of women with polycystic ovary syndrome, or PCOS. PCOS. 
about 1 in 10 women suffer from the condition with symptoms including excessive hair growth and heavy irregular periods. The Monash University-led evidence-based guideline involved input from 5,000 health professionals and women developed by more than 100 experts and patients across 71 countries. The publication includes 254 recommendations to health professionals in an effort to encourage consistent care for women with PCOS. Professor Helena Teed from the University Monash's Centre for Health Research led the project and says there is still a lot of confusion around the condition. The main problem with this condition is it's underdiagnosed, underrecognized, and very much neglected. It's often thought about as an ovary-only disease and that it involves cysts on the ovary and neither are correct. But that's a historical uh, layover from an incorrect name when we didn't understand the condition. So what we're aiming to do here is to develop the best evidence-based practice um, uh, recommendations for women and for their health professionals and for those affected by PCOS to make sure that they get a timely diagnosis and really trustworthy, um, accurate information about how to manage their condition. And in sport, excitement is building amongst fans as Australia prepares to play against its biggest rival England tonight in the FIFA World Cup semi-final. Over 80,000 people are expected to pack a sold-out stadium Australia tonight, while thousands of others will tune in from live sites across the country. Many, including Matilda's goalkeeper, Mackenzie Arnold, consider this to be the biggest moment in Australian and women's sport. The legacy that we wanted to leave uh, throughout this World Cup um, to inspire the generation coming through, I think um, we've done more than that. I think we've done more than what we thought that we would accomplish. Um, Obviously, we're not done yet, but um, just, again, to see the reaction um, that we've received from the whole country has been absolutely unreal, and I think this is only the beginning. The winner of the game will advance to the final against Spain on Sunday. And now a look at today's weather. Perth, a shower or two clearing, 17. Adelaide, a shower or two, 19. Melbourne, sunny, 16. Hobart, partly cloudy, 16. Aubrey-Wodonga, also partly cloudy and 16. Canberra, partly cloudy, 15. Wollongong, a shower or two, 17. Sydney, similar, 18. Newcastle, a shower or two, 20. Brisbane, partly cloudy, 24. Townsville, sunny, 27. Cairns, also sunny, 27. Alice Springs, mostly sunny, 32. Darwin, much the same, 32. And the Torres Strait Islands, sunny, 30. And that is NITV Radio News.